Hi, I'm Misha Chakrabarty. Welcome to Dream Awakening. This podcast is also available in Spanish as Despertando Sueños con Misha Chakrabarty. Today, we're here with Piali Chowdhury. Piali dreams to travel and travels to dream. She grew up in India with strict rules, rigid cultural norms, and very specific ideas about what her life could be, how the world was, and what was possible. Since then, she's traveled widely and moved abroad to the U.S. Through unforeseen challenges and encounters while traveling, she expands her sense of what is possible and learns to see the world through others' eyes. Ultimately, Piali seeks to live her life in the moment with passion and to keep the passion alive for the rest of her time on this earth. She yearns to explore as much as possible and live in a way where she appreciates the unexpected as a new opportunity for understanding. She lives with intentionality and agency and hopes to find complete peace of mind for herself and the world. In addition to travel, Piali has also wanted to be a war photographer and photojournalist because she never understood what drives people to destroy lives just to gain control of a piece of land or increase their political power. She wanted to expose the horror that war zones create and show how it affects the lives of those living there in the hopes of bringing about true reflection and a real reckoning. Piali firmly believes and preaches this quote from Jimi Hendrix. When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. So yes, my ultimate dream is probably a world without fear. As a personal note, I've had the joy of traveling with Piali and seeing how she translates the beauty of the world around her into photography. I'm sharing the links to her website and her Instagram in the description so you can see for yourself. Let's welcome Piali Chowdhury. Hi, Piali. How are you? How are you feeling today? Oh, I feel great today. As you can see, everything is gloomy outside, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, the world, the world can be a gloomy, crazy place, but you know, it's, it's wonderful to be here with you, to see your smiling face, to see a little oh. bit of, of the fall colors in the background. So I have yeah. to say, being here with you makes me makes me happy. So thank you, thank you for being here. Of course, so you you called, and how could I say no to that? <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Oh, thank you, Piali. Of course. Well, I'm yeah. just going to dive in and ask the big questions. We don't do small talk in this podcast. We only do big talk. So, Piali, tell yes. me, what are your dreams? Oh, my dreams. That's crazy. I have so many dreams, and it keeps changing. Uh, for now, at this point, my dream is to just be comfortable and travel as much as I can and take as many good, good pictures as I can so that you, Connor, Katie, everybody can <laughs> enjoy it and, you know, see the places through my eyes. Yes, I, I don't I don't know. I'm I, do you have a dream? I don't think after a certain age you really dream about something, do you? Mm. <laughs> that is a good question. I have to say, um, I think that, that that's a really good question to ask today and in 2020 when the world is seems like such a dark place. But I think that because of that, it's even it's even more important to dream. I know that like as we go through life, uh, we can become yeah. cynical and disillusioned. But I yeah. think that it is still important to have kind of a sense of hope and a sense of what 
what we want to manifest for ourselves in the world. Um, yeah. And I think that, as you said, everyone has a different dream and the dream keeps changing. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? So you said kind of today your dream is to to travel and to take pictures, which, again, difficult in the middle of, of a, a pandemic, pandemic where lots of people are quarantined. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about kind of um, how your dreams have changed over the years? Sure, of course. I uh, So when I think when I was a kid, I think I was very adventurous and uh, um, and uh, and I was I was adventurous, but as you know, like due to going to school and all that stuff, you can, you, my focus was just to uh, be educated and finish my school and college. Mm -hmm. And that time my dream was, it was actually, this dream wasn't actually mine, but it was actually told by other people around me to become a doctor or an engineer or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lawyer or something. But uh, when I grew mm -hmm. up and I started to see my life as my life, um, during my teenage life, I always kind of wanted to be um, a reporter, a photojournalist, right? But then that didn't happen. Then when I, I was done with my college, uh, my goal was to, or my dream is to get a job where I can have a comfortable life and, uh, and to be able to do, like to have the freedom to do the things that I want to do. That can be traveling or just going to a bar, drink, or like I do not need any anybody's permission to do all those things. So my dream was to be independent at that age. Um, but then when I got the job, now when I am comfortable, I think my dream has shifted. I, I still do want to be comfortable, but I look for getting out of my bubble and I look for going out of my comfort zone and um, and just just to see the world the way it is uh i don't i won't it i don't dream of anything like mm -hmm. i don't know it's weird to say but um mm -hmm. i have i think about doing certain things uh but i i do understand the fact that um everything that i want in my life it's probably not gonna be um easy to get or probably i'll never get it um, mm. So I try dream is like very higher expectations, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I try not to keep that in my life. Like I do have a goal. I set a goal every year or every month or every day, actually. Um, but I think I stopped dreaming. I know it sounds negative, but it's genuinely it doesn't affect me. Um, mm. uh, I, I, I try to be as realistic as I can. But yeah, I do dream to have uh, a cup of coffee with Borat. Mm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watched. So I didn't know Borat existed recently, like since I got back from my um, my uh, got back from my Colorado, my trip to Colorado. I started watching a lot of documentaries because I have mm. time now and I watch Borat and I just think he's so cool like he he just he made the movie with so much humor but there are so there the messages are so clear you know mm -hmm. like I mean you can get offended at the same time you are getting offended by the reality mm -hmm. you know so I really and I have watched few of his interviews since the Borat 2 came out he started 
giving interviews. And I think he's a very intelligent person. And uh, uh, while watching the documentary, uh, sorry, uh, uh, what is it? A documentary? It is a documentary, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think so. Or am yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after watching it, I'm like, I, I really started to kind of respect. I, I wish someday I could just sit down and speak to him, but not necessarily over a coffee, but whatever, a sandwich or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. No, you said, you said a lot of really, um, I think a lot of really meaningful things and I want to get into all of them. This, this always happens. Everyone always has so many wonderful words of wisdom and, and it's always a challenge to kind of talk about all of them. Um, one of the things that I think, um, uh, well, yeah, I, I always have trouble figuring out where to start. Um, one <laughs> of the things that you talked about is kind of um, the, the idea that when you were younger, kind of other people kind of dictated mm -hmm. to you what your dreams should be and what, what aspirations they had for you. And then you talked about how over time you wanted to be independent, maybe almost as like a rebellion against that. And now that you yeah. have independence and comfort, you want to travel and see the world and connect with people in different ways. So can you talk a little bit more about kind of how um, you were able to have the self-awareness and also kind of the courage to to let go of the dreams that others had for you and to think about what what you really wanted to do and kind of pursue that instead mm -hmm. oh Misha uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> it's a very deep question so now I'm I'm having a hard time to think like how should I start this mm. um, well I think how uh, yeah I think it, it's a lot about, it's, it, it's definitely a process. It's, it's not easy, mm. especially when you are surrounded by the people who are always dictating you. I think um, mm. when you are a kid, not as much here, I don't see it here, but well, I grew up back in India. And uh, fr mm -hmm. from the very beginning, they do have certain expectations from you. And uh, most of the time, the expectation is, for, for you is to be either a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, like n nothing else mm -hmm. uh, can be yeah. your dream. So, but the thing is that when I, my journey is kind of different, Misha, because uh, I, I grew up with a lot of girls because I was in a boarding school, right? Mm -hmm. And I have seen a lot of parents uh, treating their kids in a different way. Like each parent had, had their own rules and regulations set up for the kids mm -hmm. at the same time i had my own family um who has their expectations over me right and i grilled for years just to uh satisfy their expectations mm -hmm. you know and yeah. after a certain point i did get a little bit exhausted because i felt like I was doing the things that I was told to do and I was suppressing a lot of my own desires, a lot of mm. things that I want to do. Since my parents were not present in India with me, I had enough space, you know, to uh, experience the life the way I personally wanted to. Um, 
I, I did have restrictions like I didn't have the financial support and all that because if I want to do something besides their expectations, I had to do it by myself. Um, so mm -hmm. I think when I got out of my boarding school and I faced the reality, like the real life, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, like people walks on the street, people take the public transport from, oh, you can go from this city to that city, getting on a bus, like what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Crazy. My life, yeah, my life in a boarding school was pretty much like, my school is right there, my boarding school is right there, and there is there is a wall around me, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, if I, I, I it, it was just crazy. So when I got out of my school and I finally saw like, you know, you can do all these things, I, I, of course it's me, I started exploring stuff, like the things um, that is around me. Not, not necessarily because I wanted to, it's more of like I wanted to kind of experience how it is like, so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's how my journey started. Uh, I think the very first thing I did was after getting out of my boarding school is go to a restaurant and eat whatever I want. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. So that was my first taste of just experiencing something different than having the same food like days after days. And it's, it's not your pick, though. It's somebody, again, picking it for you. You know, right. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first thing. And then eventually I would say I went to a very good college where um, I felt like the parents were much more liberal. And um, I had friends who came from another like different countries and I would hear them talk about their parents and their decision makings and how they lived their life. Uh, I think that's when I understood that, you know, it's it's OK to kind of um, set aside others' expectations and see through. Because at the end of the day, it's my life. And if I don't pick the things that I want to do, I'll be horrible for the rest of my life. Right, you know? yeah. And that scared me the most. I was just like, I couldn't be controlled by people for the rest of my life, just for uh, you know, keeping up with their expectations. And mm -hmm. that's when I was, I would do the things that I'm expected to do, like certain things like finishing my college, mm -hmm. you know, getting my education, getting a job to be independent. I would do that. But at the same time, um, I would probably not become an engineer or a doctor. I would find something else, you know, right. which, which is which I prefer to do as um, which I prefer to pick as my occupation, you know. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's a process, Misha. I think it, it goes differently for each each person because sometimes your self-awakening process is, for some people, it's earlier their age and for some people, it later. Um, yeah. So um, it's, it's, I mean, as long as you have the ability to think for yourself, I think you will start to realize these things, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but we are growing up, you are seeing the world, your world is no more just your parents and your family, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, yeah, I mean, especially when I moved to United States, I think that was also another uh, thing to keep in mind. I was so surprised the way 
teenagers are here and the kids are treated you know they have they are given uh, a choice like they can make their own choices which i could never and right. i was like i was so shocked i'm like oh my god the parents are listening to these teenagers and uh, asking <laughs> uh, asking for their opinion right imagine what? that what yeah uh, i think you you have faced a little bit of that i'm not sure you yeah but I think you can you can sense like you can tell like what where, where oh, I'm yeah. Going with this. yeah <laughs> I know where you're coming from <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I think it, it took definitely for me it was uh, earlier than a lot of many other people uh but but I feel like every day is is a new thing that you, you want to break out of you know like you think you can't do it then you figure out uh, some other way to like do it and life goes on like life doesn't stop whether you can do it or you can't do it so mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to figure something out to make yourself happy um and if you don't want to go by the traditional way then it's more difficult for you like when i say traditional way you know what i mean like you go to school you go to college you get a job then you get a man for me i'm like for i'm talking about myself for you yeah. know for some other people you know get a partner and mm-hmm. then get have kids by a certain age and then somehow your life is perfect and <laughs> but i just think i since i'm not going to go for that traditional way um it's difficult it's definitely much more difficult for me you know to figure out mm-hmm. things that makes me happy people to actually hear me out that hey i don't think just because i'm 29 i am in a rush to find my partner and make babies you know mm-hmm. they don't understand like most of them don't understand they say things like uh but it's going to get difficult for you because we'll have uh, less options among men uh mm-hmm. you're you're probably going to have you're probably going to have complications during pregnancy like i really don't want to hear those kind of uh feedbacks you know sure i'm just like well if i can give birth i will adopt you know it's about yeah. you're talking about motherhood right so i can yeah. totally be a mother you know by adopting i don't have to Definitely. like why would i kill my peace of at this point Mm-hmm. because of the pre-notions that people have that without having kids or getting married after a certain age you can be happy i am happy look at me mm-hmm. do i look sad no no <laughs> you don't look sad at all <laughs> yeah so yeah stop giving me those that i think no. people i think a lot of people like us need to like understand that like people would say a lot of things but you should make your own decisions sorry to interrupt you can go ahead <laughs> no no i i i love everything that you said and i think that um that there are a lot of um i don't know important things to realize and i really everything that you said about kind of relates to kind of how a lot of the times we feel these limitations in our life and we feel certain things aren't possible um Mm-hmm. and we think that that's just the way the world is but in reality we're creating our own limits we're making our world smaller than the world actually is you talked about kind of how your boarding school was right by um where you were where you were living um and and that was your world and that kind of f- block mm-hmm. radius and then 
then later you started to travel more and you realized, oh, that wasn't true. And you talked about how when you met people from other countries and they you mm-hmm. heard about their experiences, you realized, oh, this way that I'm living is not everything that exists. It's just one way of living. And then mm-hmm. um, when you're talking about people who don't understand the fact that you don't necessarily want to get married and have kids right now, their world is kind of smaller than, than the full spectrum yeah. of possibility. So I think that um, a lot of the times we think the world is small, but really it's kind of these notions that have been given to us by our parents, our society, that then we accept mm-hmm. and then we continue to live out that are making our world smaller. Um, and I think that really relates to one of your dreams right now, which you said is travel, because it was through that that you started to kind yeah. of expand your notion of what's possible. And also mm-hmm. you talked about this sense of kind of adaptability and capability where you th- not only did you not think certain <clears throat> things were possible, but you didn't think you were capable of things. And through traveling, you realized actually you were. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about kind of how traveling has kind of expanded your sense of possibility and also kind of why it's one of the things that that is your dream now and is really important to you in your life? Oh, yes. I, okay, traveling is... I think everyone should travel. Like, wherever you can, you should just... Like, I, I'm, I'm sincerely telling you this. You have... I'm telling you, it's just not in India, but also in the United States. Um, you go to the next state. Like, if you go to New Hampshire, you mm-hmm. will see different kind of living, different kind of culture. And I feel like the more you explore the more you see the possibilities of living life, you know? Mm. Um, and that's why I always say that, that's why it is a very important part of me, um, just because I don't live in a very, con- like, I don't, I don't have a routine in my life. I don't have any plans with myself, you know? Like, like big plans, like, you know, uh, by 40, I'll have a house, by... 30, I'll get like all this conventional, I don't have it. So I just feel that when I'm traveling, it, it gives me a sense of freedom where I can like, okay, I, if I don't want to do that, that's fine. But I have to find a substitute for that. You know, I couldn't be, I mean, it's okay to, it's, it's, I don't know, Misha, it's, it's so overwhelming when I talk about it because I'm so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. It's like when I went to Argentina and um, I saw you coming from a different country altogether. Like you, mm-hmm. you were born and brought up in the United States and all of a sudden you moved to Argentina and, and so quickly you changed your life. You mm. had to go through your own struggles, definitely. But y- now you are in a different world and you are living your life differently and you are happy and it made you happier as you Mm -hmm. say right yeah so that that's my goal if I don't explore things I would never know what is better for me Mm -hmm. you know Um, and of course there is there is a fine line uh, where you need to stop and see if now you are having too many choices to Mm -hmm. pick from them you know those are struggles too um but for me, just because I do not have any like specific goals by 30 or by 40, I'm still kind of discovering myself, my own self. 
I am I'm seeing that what I can possibly do, what I can possibly do, you know, and those are reality checks. So, you know, in Colorado, it's I'm God, I have to say, you know, every time before this, I traveled, everything was planned, you know, and there are few things here and there which went out of the path, but not as as much as it happened in Colorado. So I was telling my friend that, hey, and he, he kept telling my friend was who was traveling with me, he kept telling me, so you could just stay in this camper. It's fine. You know, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's ample space and everything. And I was just like, I don't think I meant to, you know, stay in, like I can't do it. I it's such a small space, <laughs> you know, Right. I, and I cannot cook whatever I want. And uh, of course, uh, the, the restroom is very different than than you are used to. Um, everything I'm like, oh, it just I mean, I'll be staying on road like I I appreciate mm-hmm. you do it, but I, I don't think I'll feel comfortable parking this camper um uh, uh, you know, in a Walmart parking lot and spend the night there. I'll, I'll be <laughs> freaking out, you know. Mm-hmm. But look what happened. I was in the camper for most of the trip and the camper was broken, like, you know, uh, in the middle of the road. We had to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And I was just fine. And that was surprising to me, you know, that... Mm-hmm. Um, like with all those limitations, I could just work it out, you know, and I, yeah. the the biggest fear that I had that I couldn't survive the cold, you know, because the camper doesn't have heat and it gets mm. cold at night. And I'm just like, there is no way I could survive in the camper. But hey, I did. And so that's what now I'm thinking about new possibilities like in case I ever lose my properties or my if I can't pay for rent or something like that, I could totally stay in a camper. It's less yeah. expensive. You can go anywhere and and you can you can work from your camper, too. You know, you mm-hmm. can park this camper anywhere. Misha, it's true story. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think traveling that's every time I travel somewhere, it's it's a new experience, a new way of living that I see. And I, I want to keep mm-hmm. exploring that. Um because I think after a certain point I would like to have a life with with minimal stuff. I don't want too much of it, you know, like Mm-hmm. big house and all that so I don't I I don't think I'm going for those you know so mm-hmm. um so traveling definitely uh shows definitely there are there are a lot to learn it takes you out of your comfort zone you learn a lot of new ways to live your life um a lot of new ways to communicate with others you become very resilient you know mm-hmm. um you meet a lot of people during your travel where your opinion doesn't really match and you guys are not in the same vibe. Um, and you kind of need to like, you do not want to argue and fight. Like if I was in Boston and I was traveling here and I have a partner with whom I'm not agreeing with, 
you know i would totally just be like yeah i'll drop you home and i'll figure this out right <laughs> but when i'm traveling with a partner like which i'm in an unknown zone i can't say oh i'll drop you and i'll figure this out right. i have to figure something out with that person so yeah i think these are these are very important things that you learn when you are traveling and even if you travel by yourself it's still a learning process uh in many ways yeah i hope that answered yeah. your question <laughs> no it it more than answered it and i i really i love what you said about kind of um kind of minimalism and also how it related to kind of your your thoughts about not being able to to sleep in the camper because i think a lot of the times we um we want all these things and we want kind of luxurious life and we think that it's something like really glamorous mm -hmm. and full of possibility but really what happens sometimes is these ideas of these things that we think we need and we think we want actually weigh us down and mm -hmm. limit us. And this idea that, oh, I need to have a fancy dinner or, oh, I need to like sleep in this place with this really nice ba bathroom. That's actually limiting you from yeah. having certain experiences that you might want or adapting to the world in a certain way. So kind of, um, That's right. kind of letting go of those things um, and being open to kind of what can happen and what can be is actually like you might think that it's it's living with less, but really it's living with more mm -hmm. possibility, adaptability, and and capability. And I love what you said about how you had this idea of like what the worst possible thing yeah. that could happen would be about like being cold in the camper and kind of like that being your rock bottom. And then yeah. you experienced it and you probably were cold and then you realized like, oh, I'm cold. I'm in this camper, but look, I'm, I'm still alive. I survived. Yes. I, I made it through. So sometimes I think, um, and this happens a lot with traveling that, that hitting rock bottom in a certain way is really helpful for you because, and, yeah. and having your worst fears come true is actually like a good experience because in those moments you realize just how capable you are and how you can make yeah. it through. Um, yeah. Can you talk yeah. a little bit more about your your experience with that? Your experience of like the thing that you absolutely did not want to happen happened, and but you were able to yeah. to deal with it. You were capable. Oh yeah, I, I'll start from the beginning actually, so that you know the so that you know, like I'm not saying anything out of context. So. Mm -hmm. You know, traveling is pretty hard during this pandemic because it's it's like there is no certainty, you know, like things are changing mm -hmm. all the time, you know, um, yeah. during this time. So when I first made uh, the car, you know, going to Colorado plan this year, this was my first trip of this year, which is pretty strange <laughs> because I make mm -hmm. at least two or three trips, you know, uh, in a year. Right. But anyways, when I first making the plan to go to Colorado, I, my, I knew where I was going to go. You know, I had a map, I had everything. And then I, then when I was getting into booking everything, I realized it's, oh my God, so hectic because most places has so many restrictions. There are so many routes are closed. Uh, the places I wanted to see, they, they just shut it down due to this pandemic. So now I have this flight ticket uh, to go to Colorado, but I do not have, any places to go right mm, there the places yeah. that I really wanted to see um, so what I did is like um, 
I, I shortened the trip and I changed my locations where I, I mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to go to certain places. I changed the location to different places. When I arrived to Colorado Springs, the first two days was pretty disappointing because I wasn't <laughs> seeing anything that I was expect like I was expecting to see. You see, like um, I was I was there to see the fall colors and everything, but it it felt pretty similar to Massachusetts. Like could have stayed in Massachusetts or went to New Hampshire to see these things. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't make sense. So yeah. me and my friend, we were like, all right, cool. We have to figure something out here. Um, so we got and I got on the camper and we kind of like started going around aimlessly. And that was our goal at that time. Mm-hmm. Like we will find a spot on our way. We see a good spot, we stop. That's it. We don't have any destination. And it's easier to do that in Colorado because it's like one state highway that goes everywhere. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like (laughs) you don't you don't have to like find different highways. And that's how my entire it was so unpredictable. That's why I keep saying that this was such a learning process. Uh, the camper broke down. I, I keep mentioning that because that was my biggest fear because right. this camper is very old. It's from 70s, just to give you the background. Okay, um, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's from 70s. It's a beautiful camper inside, but when it comes to like the tech technical part of it, like the engines and brakes and stuff, I don't know uh, how it's working. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. So... Uh, it broke down in the middle of the road. We had to fix it. The tire got bursted too. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have, okay, even if I had my AAA, it, it wasn't going to work out because AAA takes their, oh, like the, like your, your license plate number and they will only fix your car. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so when we had this issue with the tire, we didn't have any shops like for miles. We we were in the middle of nowhere, Misha. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just probably just going to stay here for the entire trip. And this is just going to be my trip. You know? Right. Yeah. And, um, and we also didn't know if we had like spare tires or anything like that. And then, and then it turns out the they had like two tires in each sections. So we had oh. to pull out one of them and we ran with one tire, which was supposed to go with two tires. Wow. <laughs> wow. And we were, we were going 25 to 30 <laughs> miles per hour. For everyone listening, Piali, I was in the car with Piali when she came to Argentina. And Piali is from India where people drive like... Like in a James Bond, no, James Bond has nothing on anyone <laughs> driving in India. So Piali likes to drive really fast yes. and 25 miles per hour or whatever that is in kilometers is not going to cut it for her. No. Keep going, Piali. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, and it didn't for like first hour. And then I realized this is the only survival mode that I have, you know, if I want to survive. <laughs> and the funniest part is that there were there were not many cars around us 
but there were one or two cars that will come behind us and they will just get so frustrated within like two minutes. Of they course. will just cut <laughs> us off and just go in front of us, which makes right. sense. And there are times when we pulled over just for the cars to, for the traffic to just go, go. Like we're, mm -hmm. we get it. We are slow, you know. So, but then we found a tire spot and, you know, that was, oh my God, Misha, that was probably... 25 miles like after we found a tire spot <laughs> and also they had to order the tire just so you know it's a very old rv right. and the tires and everything is different and this dude is like why are you even traveling in this camper like <laughs> it can break down anytime we don't this tire is not like common tire it's very rare we had to wait another three to four hours just for the tire to show up, you know, for someone to bring it to the store. Um, so anyways, then even after changing the tire, Misha, it was 45 to sorry, 35 to 40 per mile, like per hour, miles per hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> you were not enjoying that. No, I wasn't. But then I was like, OK, this is actually cool. Everything is slow, like. I'm so used to be, you know, going fast and like mm -hmm. having that life of everything is rushing, you know, like mm -hmm. everything has to be done quickly. I was just sitting there in the camper and I'm like, this is actually cool. I can I can see each and everything that I'm passing by. Not everything is interesting, but it's it's interesting. It's new, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so and I loved when I wasn't driving. I was just sitting by, you know, in the camper behind, you know, the wheels and everything. And I was just playing guitar and everything felt so good because, you know, the camper is running. It's slow. You are feeling the wind on your face and you are playing guitar. And I think after a long time, I felt the sense of calmness, like for some mm. reason, I'm not rushing to get somewhere. I'm not rushing to, um, you know, fulfill something. Uh, I, 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 I didn't feel like I have to, I'm being pushed, you know, to get mm -hmm. something done faster, you know? Yeah. So I, I did, I did enjoy that after a certain point, the first initial hours were very, <laughs> very frustrating mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, but eventually when we figured things and also you have to see when you hit the rock bottom Misha and you start you start to figure things out the very minimal satisfaction makes you feel great yeah mm -hmm. you know so that's how I, I I processed my rest of the trip you know like I, I started to feel like small things felt so good. Like I enjoyed eating a sandwich, you know, I mm -hmm. hate freaking sandwich. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so hungry and we found a spot and all they had is sandwich, fried okra, you know, okra, that was, I do know strange. okra. I grew up with, with okra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fried, I never had fried okra in my life. I, I love okra. Mm -hmm. but never fried okra, like fried chicken. It, yeah. it almost like fried nuggets, chicken nuggets, mm -hmm. you know? So fried okra, and I was just like, I was so hungry that I didn't want to eat anything fried. 
Yeah. You know, like it, it's it's going to make you feel. So I had sandwich. The first bite of that sandwich after eight hours of starving. Holy cow, Misha. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I, and I was chewing the sandwich and I was looking at my friend. I'm like, either it's really delicious or I'm just a better human being right now. Enjoying mm-hmm. the simplest thing, you know, in life. Um, yeah, so that was my story pretty much of Colorado. And I'm glad this happened. Um, it definitely opened up a lot of other possibilities. Now I won't be scared to go to certain places because there are no food, because mm-hmm. there, there is no gas station, there is no GPS and all that stuff. Like I, I won't get scared anymore. You know, yeah. you, you survive, you survive, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it sounds like you're, you're prepared for the, the zombie apocalypse, Piali. <laughs> totally, totally. I'm, I'm totally, I, I, it won't bother me. Do you think, do you think though, I, I do need a gun or something? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I hope not. I hope not. I mean, that's opening a whole other can of worms. But oh, I yeah. do think that what you were talking about in terms of just how adaptable and and capable you realized you are i think Mm -hmm. that is kind of the most um the most powerful thing for kind of the way the world is the direction that the world is going and yeah um i don't know you said a lot of really wonderful things i really i loved kind of what you were talking about in terms of you had these expectations of kind of Mm -hmm. what you thought the trip was going to be and how you thought you wanted it to go yeah. And then when that didn't happen, then mm-hmm. you started to re-examine, oh, I thought I wanted this, but all actually these other things have happened along the way. And now I'm open mm-hmm. to these new possibilities, these new surprises. I'm learning about myself. And actually, I find that probably more fulfilling than it would yeah. have been if I if I did kind of the planned trip that I had. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the times expectations we think are are helpful um and in some ways they can you know be useful in kind of organizing our world um Mm -hmm. they can be a tool but they can also be a crutch and something that limits us again um so i think that Mm -hmm. that that was one of the the things i loved about your story is how you had these expectations but then um when the world said no piali this is not (laughs) happening then you kind of had a moment we were like okay let me let me let go of this and, and see see what happens when I live without expectation. So I think that that was a That's wonderful right. thing. And yeah. I also thought that what you said about going slow is so important because I've had mm-hmm. a similar experience kind of um, in my own life. Um, here, for example, in Argentina, there's a different pace of life and people yeah. aren't in a rush in the same way. You talked about kind of feeling pushed to go somewhere, to do mm-hmm. things, um, to accomplish things. And I think what happens is initially that's something that comes from society, but then we kind of take yes. that in and internalize that and we put that upon yourself because you realize like when you're in Colorado, you're just there with you and your friend. Yeah. There's no one around there telling yeah. you that you need to rush or go somewhere. Like your That's parents right. aren't there. Your boss yeah. isn't there. No one's saying like, hurry, Piali. But you mm-hmm. were feeling frustrated for going 25 miles an hour. Yeah. But then you unnecessarily, realize, like, you unnecessarily. Point- 
Exactly. And that's the thing. We yeah. think that it's necessary, but then when finally you're in a place where you can't do anything about it and mm-hmm. you're kind of just like, that is the reality, then you yeah. can decide, okay, do I want to enjoy this or do I want to be frustrated the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> because this is what's happening. And yeah. then you realized, oh, like, I'm in this beautiful present moment. I'm having this sensory experience of the yeah. wind in my hair. I'm playing mm-hmm. guitar. I'm actually looking around. Um, and I have to say, I've had that experience. Um, I like to run. And yeah. there's a very different experience when you go for a run than when you walk somewhere. Because mm-hmm. when you run, you're kind of, you have your blinders on. You can kind of see the destination, but you're not Mm -hmm. looking around. You're not taking in your surroundings. Um, So I think, or when you're driving, it's harder to see. So I think um, there is something beautiful that happens when you go slow. It allows you to be more present, take things in. Um, Was that something that, um, that was really kind of difficult to you, kind of realizing? Can you talk a little bit about kind of the experience of realizing that no one was pressuring you to go fast um, and rush and how you were able to like realize yourself that it's kind of okay to go slow. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it was definitely just internal pressure. It was not necessary. Like, I think uh, my friend helped me a little bit too on this because Mm. he could sense um, my frustration and mm. my I'm, I'm being agitated to get somewhere with that speed and then he just he, he I think he told me this like why are you in rush like we mm. don't really have a destination and we have a week in our hands so it, it is we already established the fact that the places we wanted to go and see, we probably won't 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 be able to do those place, you know, see those places. So now we are aimless. Now we don't have much solid plan that we have to get somewhere by four o'clock today. Mm-hmm. So whether we are running twenty five miles per hour or eighty miles per hour, it shouldn't matter to us. Uh, we should just enjoy, you know, the journey and everything. I think it's easier for him to pick that, you know, pick pick up on that notion because he is always on the road. Mm. You know, he faces uncertainty like much more often than me. Mm-hmm. You see, um, so f- for him to actually be okay with with that speed of the car and without without going like without exploring places without having a goals it was much easier for him to like kind of understand than me since i'm in this regular life and i'm i went for a vacation and i'm i'm thinking in my head oh my god i can't do this i can do that why everything is slow vacation is supposed to be um you know, less stressful and everything should be perfect and all that stuff, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, that's the idea we have. Y- yeah. And then I realized, I'm like, no, I mean, I keep saying this, travel, traveling is an adventure. You will face uh, uncertainty and that's the whole point. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. And why are you in rush? And I yeah. was to... I was telling myself that when I, at some point I just got out of the camper and it's just like, again, Colorado 
most places in Colorado is empty. You know, there is nothing. <laughs> right. What are you <laughs> rushing to? Yeah. 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 Like what? And I went out. I just got out of the camper and I looked around and I'm just like, yo, there is nothing. There is nothing. All I can see is flat roads, you know, mm-hmm. that's it. Like then I'm, I was sitting there and there was this beautiful sunset was happening and I'm just like, I felt calm and I'm just like, you know, it, it's fine. It's, it's just fine. This is, mm-hmm. this trip is just supposed to be slow and supposed to teach me to be patient. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need to always have, um, something to do. Like it, it, it's okay to just sit down and do nothing. It's, it's okay to just, you know, go slow a little bit. You know, it's okay to eat something that you don't like. Mm -hmm. It's fine. It's totally fine. But uh, interesting thing is that um, while traveling, uh, you know, I would I would go places where I'm not supposed to go. Like, you know how they say trespassers (laughs) will be, uh, you know, prosecuted or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just like, well, I mean, I really, ha- I, I mean, I'm, I'm trespassing, but I do not have any bad intentions. Mm-hmm. I have a camera with me and I'm just trying to take a picture. And my friend yeah. was just kept warning me like, um, you know, you're going to get shot by someone because, you know, home invasion is a thing here. And, you know, everybody has guns and thing. I'm like, dude, really? Like these people can see I'm a woman. Like, first of all, I'm a petite woman. Like I'm incapable Mm -hmm. of any kind of violence. Like, trust me, (laughs) (laughs) like one slap would, I mean, I agree. I mean, I'm not generalizing all women, but it is true to me. Like, I, I don't think I'm meant for violence. And one slap is just good for me, regardless whether you are a man or a woman. You know, mm-hmm. maybe not, but I think so. You know, maybe one slap wouldn't <laughs> do anything. I get it, Piala. I, I get the idea. You're yeah. not you're not a danger. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a danger. And especially I'm holding a camera. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I started going to like all these properties to take beautiful pictures and stuff. And he kept warning me. And then this really happened. A dude came up with like one of those big big rifles like and with yeah. their accent and saying something and i was just like i didn't even see the gun i'm i was approaching him you yeah. know without without realizing that he's holding a gun and he's probably asking mm-hmm. why i'm on their property and i i i was just like i don't know what you are saying so i'm gonna come close to hear you say mm-hmm. <laughs> like that yeah so and he and he was like, stop, stop like that. And I stopped there. I realized, okay, something. And then he approached me and he's like, you are on my property and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I, I just became very humorous. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, you have like five acres of property and there is no one. And I'm just trying to get a picture. I'm yeah. far away from your residential house, like where you live. I'm definitely not going to your house to rob anything. And we were just started talking. Interestingly, we became friends. Hmm. Yeah. And he was like, where are you from? And he was kind of, um, he, where are you from? And I'm from, from Massachusetts. And he's like, no, no, no. Where is your, you know, the typical yeah, discussion course. that it yeah. goes. 
I'm like, oh yeah, my like you know, I was born in India and then I moved to United States and then of course we talked about the politics a little bit uh, mm -hmm. of United States. How I who do like it's not like who do I support. It's more like if I support Trump or not. And I'm just like I I really don't care. You know, I my yeah. life is not gonna change anyway. But if you whatever, it doesn't matter. And he showed me his guns, Misha. Like wow. he yeah he had a back room behind his house which is just his guns i wish i could take a picture i think mm -hmm. i could but i thought it's just going to be you know like it's it's someone's personal property and i'm just, i didn't want to like show it to the world mm -hmm. um yeah and uh, um and he had so many guns laying there and mm -hmm. it's, it he says i love buying guns and he 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 made he let me shot one of his guns like the old ones like very mm -hmm. old ones um wow. yeah they had those very like very strong triggers and the yeah. hold buds are just like all paint not painted but decorated somehow you know yeah. um, with uh -huh. gold and stuff and oh, wow. um yeah and i'm just like wow that one is so cool and we were actually having a conversation how guns are not necessary like i would never bring a gun to my house you know mm -hmm. to my home and then he talked about like how it's important for them to have a gun than for us who lives in the city because we will call 911 most of the time and mm -hmm. in the cities uh or in states like massachusetts the crime rate is pretty low like home invasion is is yeah. not is a big deal especially where i live in cambridge in the city like if uh if someone comes into my house if i scream everybody can hear and call 911 you see yeah but for them they're middle of nowhere right if someone breaks into their house it's difficult even 911 person would take some time to get there and within right. 10 minutes things can happen so that's why they have their guns which made sense to me but at this many guns doesn't make sense to me so i didn't yeah. wanna, i didn't want to go on an argument but he yeah. started showing like how he inherited guns from like his his ancestors wow. and one of them i you know he let me shot like he let me shoot um mm -hmm. you know in his backyard and i shot it and it hurt my shoulder because it kind of like yeah recoiled know, yeah wow. it's recall so yeah but i shot it but i'm glad i spoke to him because i could see like why why like why they live the way they live you know why they yeah. have so many guns and uh, why their political um they have different political views you know towards yeah uh in this country and you see like i see a lot of people in colorado are could be racist or something like that once he got to know me he wasn't really racist like he didn't have mm -hmm. uh any bad intentions in his heart you know yeah. he asked questions which are improper for us but but they just don't see different kinds of people you know yeah. they don't know what to ask how to approach yeah uh, yeah yeah i don't I, know I have how, to how did i get to it No, I have to say I love that Piali. I think um that is one of the beautiful things about travel is you meet people who are very different from you and you kind of said that like when you meet someone who's different when you travel you're kind of stuck in that situation you kind of have yeah. to work things out and that's one of the things I really 
you know, admire about you is you are kind of very open to kind of talking with really just anyone and kind of understanding their point of view and understanding kind of why they act the way they do. And I think because of that quality in you, I think other people then kind of open up as a result and then kind of meet you there. And I think that that is so important in the state of not just like the U the like bipartisan politics in the US, but just the state of division of the whole world mm-hmm. right now where sure. we have this cancel culture where people are just so quick to disagree with other people, where yeah. people are trying to be right and prove other people wrong. People are Absolutely. not trying to understand other people. And people also get very hung up on the specific words that people use mm-hmm. and not on their intention. And what I love about this story that you talked about is you kind of the same feeling of presence that you had when you were in the car and you were going slow, you kind of brought that Mm -hmm. presence and that awareness in your interactions with this man who, uh, when, when you might initially see him looks very different from you, lives very differently from you. Um, but kind of just by being patient and present, you were able to kind of understand the reasons he acts the way he does. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, you didn't get offended when he asked certain questions. I find a lot of the times, and I went through a phase where I would get really offended when people asked Mm -hmm. me certain questions. But you were able to realize this man grew up differently than I did. He grew up in Mm -hmm. a different place. He just Mm -hmm. doesn't know people who look the way I am or who are the way I am. So when he asked me this question, he's not trying to offend me or he really genuinely just wants to learn. He wants to know. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. that that's so important. I think for me, for example, I live in Argentina and um, my dad is Indian and there aren't very many Indian people here. So a lot Mm -hmm. of people ask me about like certain things about India or like Mm -hmm. me being Indian and it's not coming from maybe the same type of place it might be coming from if someone from Massachusetts asked me. They really Mm -hmm. just want to know. So I think that just in the middle of this social media world, in this middle of this cancel culture, I think that it's so beautiful that you Mm -hmm. are able to be present to really kind of just take each person and each interaction that you have in the moment and see how it is to really try to understand that person. And I think that that's one of kind of the beautiful things about kind of just the way you are, but also what travel can do for anyone and how, how it can open you up. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Misha. And I think I started to think differently since I have I was having this conversation with my mom and she was saying when I first uh, the first time I was coming to United States, I didn't know that I was coming to United States. I saw a person like a white person and I always thought they're from Europe, mm. you know, um, and and that clicked something, uh, you know, and I would say a lot of people from India who are who are not who are not as privileged as we are that to have a laptop and an internet and all that stuff and to research all that stuff that they, to understand the fact that not all white people are from like Europe you know there are different mm-hmm. countries where you see white people you know yeah. um, so that I mean if I can have or like people from my country can have this kind of um, uh, how do you say misconception mm-hmm. then why are we expecting this pe- like why is it different for the people from the united states you right. know 
Um, so that's why it's like you can tell when somebody is doing something to offend you. I think yeah. it's it's a very and if you don't understand, then you should start to understand. You should teach yourself to understand that. Because a lot of time, these people, they are really not trying to offend you. They are yeah. just trying to, they're just, just trying to know, like, where are you from? What's your culture like? Why are you here? Not to, not to question why are you here. It's just like, what's your purpose to leave your own country and come to this country? Um, mm -hmm. for, for me, it's like, I don't care where I was born or where I, I'm going to go. Like, if I go to one country, I would respect their culture, yeah. you know? It, 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 like I think in 2020 everything is so globalized Misha like it's not yeah. 18th century now that we are waiting for Columbus to <laughs> discover something <laughs> I you know? hope not <laughs> yeah right so it's 2020 people started to travel like people will go to places people will yeah. move to different countries like we have reached moon and as it you see what i mean but yeah. what what is this that we as a human sh like still questioning about people being in different places you yeah. know and being resistant to answer about your own culture your own place that you come from you know i think it we are so easily offended sometimes um we are offended on behalf of others Mm -hmm. which I feel like absolutely unnecessary. I'm not saying yeah. that um, there, there, there aren't bad people with bad intentions or there aren't racist people, definitely. But don't block your mind. Like, yeah. talk to them, you know? Talk to them. Learn, like, what they have to say. And if you really have the facts with you, I think you, you won't be able to change their mind, probably, but you can stand your ground, and yeah. and that's what I, I think, like, if anyone ever comes up to me and says that I'm inferior because I came from a different country, which is considered as a third world country, I will never be offended because I'm just like, yeah, well, there are like 1.3 billion people who is surviving. Do you think you're going to bring all of them into United States and give them a good life? No, you can't. So mm -hmm. stop judging, yeah. you know? These people, you know, they're born was like where they're supposed to born. That's not their choice. Right. So right. that country yeah. is dealing with with their own things. And a lot of people are coming from there and and, you know, coming to this, you know, coming to going to different countries and doing a lot better. You see what I mean? So mm -hmm. yeah. like I, I don't think those kind of discrimination events like stands like it doesn't have any moral value when you find people like that when they say things like that just because you are certain color or you come from certain countries you are yeah. you are not good enough you know yeah i i have to say i completely agree with that because um i think that's another thing about travel is you realize kind of the cultural constructs and social constructs and you realize how arbitrary they are um mm -hmm. Cause, that's the word know, I was um, looking for. Yeah, because you've <laughs> lived in India, you've lived in the U.S., you've been to Argentina, and you've been to a lot of different places. Um, and I've also been to India, the U.S., and here. And just the concept of race and color is so different in all of mm -hmm. those places. Places. That, um, and, you know, as someone from the U.S., when I go to India, I don't feel mm -hmm. that, like, I'm in... 
I'm superior or inferior because of, you know, the caste that my dad is from because they didn't grow up thinking about castes. So that's yeah, not yeah, a yeah. thing to me. Um, wh- and also, like, in Argentina, the concept of, like, someone's skin color is so different than in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that what you were saying is so true. Like, the idea of trying to change what other people think and also, like, the idea of, of things that other people think having an effect on you is is just mm-hmm. not how the world works like ultimately no. like we don't i think we have misconceptions on the things that we have control over and the things that we don't we can't yeah. change someone else's That's opinion right. but mm-hmm. we do have the power to decide how we feel and That's a lot right. of the times we put that on other people like we say oh this person made me feel this way or this person like made me feel inferior and if you they only make you feel inferior is if if you accept that you are like buying into that if you accept it and i think um in the movie i forget what movie it was i think it was um oh i don't remember but apparently eleanor roosevelt said that no one can make you feel inferior without your consent and it's so true because really you're accepting that thing that someone says Mm -hmm. about you and you're perpetuating it so really i think that's another beautiful thing about travel is it can make you question kind of the way that you grew up um Mm -hmm. and think about okay what are these things about the way that i'm living and the things that i believe that are Mm -hmm. actually real and what are these things that i've just been told and kind of Relating to that and you you kind of being able to discern that, you being able to kind of figure out what someone's intention is, which I think is mm-hmm. so important, and also be aware of the way you want to live your life. I think yeah. it all comes down to kind of developing and trusting your intuition. And I think that, That's right. you know, in this time where the world is becoming crazier and there are all these fake news, yeah. intuition is even more important than before. So can you talk sure. a little bit about kind of your journey to develop your intuition, whether it's through travel or life um, or however you were able to come into it? Oh, uh, again, it's a process, Misha. It doesn't, mm. it, I, it, it was a lot of... Ex- at some point, I have to say, I was very resistant with people. You know, mm. I wouldn't speak to people with different mindset, you mm-hmm. know. But I think that has changed since I, tr- I started to realize that I couldn't be victimizing myself, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's a very important thing that is very important. That was a very important realization because most of the time when somebody is talking down to you or saying something offensive or something, you first, what you first do is within you, you feel offended, you feel inferior, you take that in, you victimize yourself. And then Mm -hmm. you are just, you are bitter with people, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that, that circle is just continues. And I see that around all the time. My yeah. thing is that when you have a voice to speak, just say it. A lot of people don't have the voice and the, and the courage, you see, because for whatever reason, they didn't grow up that way. Their society didn't allow them to, you know, say in that way. But I do. Mm-hmm. So for me to just victimize myself, in a situation like that, when I could stand my ground, when I could say something and chose not to do it, but then went to social media and ranted about it 
and then a bunch of other people validated my my opinion or whatever I had to say. But you have to understand the post I made on Facebook, the people who had replied to it, they're mostly agreeing with you. No one is telling you that, PLE, you are victimizing yourself here. Yeah, yeah. You see? So I think when I think that was a big revelation to me when I first moved to United States because it's a different culture, different people. Everything was different, you know. And um, what you read and what you see on on um, on Fox News or CNN or C CBC or whatever, like on, mm -hmm. on TV and what mm -hmm. the videos you see on um, on Facebook and Instagram, those are very different, like different from your own real life. You know, they teach you that if someone asks you, where are you from, you're supposed to feel offended, mm -hmm. right? It's, you know, you see what I mean? We know there yeah. are a set of questions. If you are being asked those questions, you are supposed to feel offended. And our mind is now wired in a way like, oh, I'm supposed to feel offended. So let's just feel offended and make a huge deal out of, uh, you know, huge, huge deal yeah. about it yeah. and victimize ourselves. And that's how you're going to go. But I just thought I, I, I think when once I started working and working here, and uh, talking to people and I spoke with a lot of radical conservatives and who, who really just think, you know, all immigrants just should get out of United States. You know, mm. at first I used to be like, oh, my God, like, are you serious? I'm an immigrant. Like, why would you say that? And I will just burst out into tears and get so offended. And then I'm just like, OK. It, it doesn't do anything. It's not, it's like, I, I yeah. am just, I'm just out here feeling disrespected and sad. And then I realized, all right, that's also because I did not stand up for myself. Yes. Uh-huh. I have the same you feeling. See? Exactly the same feeling. Yeah. You're right. So I'm glad, see that I, I, that's why I think we are most of the times <laughs> you and me, we're in this on the same page. Yeah. Um, and since then, I'm just like, if someone asks me a question, I'll be confident. And if I don't mm -hmm. agree with it, I'm going to stand my ground. If I lose the battle, I lose the battle. It's fine. I'll come yeah. home and I will not feel that I did not stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that's how it, it kind of... Now I'm very confident on like answering certain questions. Um, and uh, while speaking to someone... If I see they have different values than me, I like to put forward my values in front of them because they are putting their values in front of me. So sometimes it, it makes, you know, sometimes it happens that we exchange our value systems. You know, the other person, they're like, we agree with you. Like we never thought about it this way. And then sometimes I take it from them. Oh, I never thought about it this way. You know, and sometimes it's just, goes nowhere you just like yeah. all right like where i started i'm just right there um I, I so when i said i think when it comes to intuition and understanding um the things that are around you i think you you need to kind of be open like just don't just don't go with the flow all the time like in, in in this like in this generation you have to understand everything is so dictated you know mm. like 
uh, I, I see, I watch a lot of um, interviews with the college students where they upfront say they don't like this political party. But when you mm -hmm. ask them why you don't like them, they don't have an answer. Yeah. You see, mm -hmm. Be they, are, they say that because that's what they're hearing. That's what they're being told. They're not thinking. Yeah. You know, but I'm sure that once, you know, they start to grow up, they will probably realize something or understand something better or probably they won't for the rest of their life. I don't know. I'm not their parents. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just think for anyone, anyone from our generation or, or from anywhere in the world, um, just just be open minded. It's fine. You guys can be different. And that's the whole point. And. As long as your moral value is is uh, good and you have good intentions, um, you at least like you can feel disappointed, but you will at least not feel that you have victimized yourself, and that's the worst realization mm. one can ever yeah. have. So yeah, yeah. No, I I I agree completely with that. I think that that's my own experience is to kind of. Um, kind of be aware with how of how you feel in in each moment um, because um, yeah like you said there are mo I think that it's important to kind of come to situations with a sense of openness to kind of what could happen and to be um, mm -hmm. um, you know like we said when you travel maybe you'll encounter people who think more differently than you mm -hmm. and um, or even when you don't travel and and it's good to just be aware of maybe you have certain conceptions that that maybe aren't um, you know true to to reality, and maybe those are things that we can let go of. But also to realize that you know, like maybe I actually believe this for a real reason. Maybe this truly mm -hmm. is my intuition, um, mm -hmm. and I think that just requires kind of a lot of presence to be kind of aware of what you feel, what you truly believe, where it's coming from. And when there is a moment where someone says something that you really don't agree with and it doesn't sit well with you to kind of have the confidence, as you say, mm -hmm. to kind of say something about it. Because for me, um, I have a similar experience where kind of my reaction based on how I grew up was to just assume that whenever I got into an argument with someone, I was wrong because I was used to like people telling me what to do. So I was just yeah. like, this person is disagreeing with me. I must be wrong because whenever my teachers say something, they're right. Whenever my coaches say something, they're right. Whenever my parents say something, mm -hmm. they're right. So I must be wrong. But I think yeah. it's important, like you said, with, with, the, with the teenagers who got interviewed who don't really understand why they, they're supporting someone is to think about why do I think the way that I think that I do? Why yeah. do I feel this way? And then when someone says mm -hmm. disagrees with you, then you can think about, okay, but I actually feel that what I said was right. Um, so I'm going to express mm -hmm. that. Or actually, I feel that the person um, has a good point, but not to just react without, without mm -hmm. understanding what you truly feel and just automatically say yeah. that the other person is right or that the other person is wrong, but to really wrong. be present and think about what do you truly feel. So I, yeah. I think that is so important what you just said. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, sometimes it's not also right and wrong. It's just like the way they have experienced the life is just 
way different than how yes. you experienced it. Exactly. Um, so yeah. it's, it's it's a learning process from. I think I got a lot of this from my dad too because he's a yeah. very. Um, how do I? He's. He's, you know, even when he argues, you can tell that he's arguing, but he is arguing like he's so polite. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, and um, I have seen him. Uh, sit with people with different mindsets and uh, still be able to have a conversation. And mm. I was very impressed because there are a time when I would just be like sitting there and I'm just like, if I were him, I would have punched this person. <laughs> you see? Like, yeah. And yeah. Diplomacy. And then, yeah. And then he, and then I hear him come up with like good, like with good, statements and yeah. with good facts and it's still holding his ground and everything not getting upset i'm just like why can't i be like him you know i need yeah. to be like him um, well i think i think to be fair like certain people just have different personalities and for certain yeah. people that just they might just more naturally be one way or another but i think yeah we can maybe but i do feel that you're kind of able to be present and listen to people who think mm -hmm. differently than you. I try. But uh, honestly, Misha, I don't think I can, uh, to be honest, like I think I've mm -hmm. been honest, but sometimes I just can't take it. I'm just like, yeah. I see someone, I would just be like, all right, uh, mm, can I, do I have another way I can just exit from here? You know, just, yeah. that's, that's just because I have had the similar conversations with them previously and it just never went anywhere from there. And right. it just felt like um, it's just like there are certain things that you know that you shouldn't be doing. There are yeah. certain things that you know you shouldn't be saying. There mm. is no argument about it. Yeah. You see? No, but you're, when, you're I, right. when I speak to someone like a few times about this and they don't change their mind because they're just having fun for some reason by doing this. You just know, like, you know, it's just you are being disappointed every time you speak to them and you spend your energy, you know, all these efforts to make this person understand that, you know, there, there shouldn't be any argument. This is just wrong, you know, and mm -hmm. he or she keeps doing it. And you just understand this is a horrible person and there is nothing you can do. Um, and you, you don't want to see them. And, and I think I have had arguments over this, like uh, so many, like the N word, pe some people just use it mm -hmm. back and forth. Like they don't think about it. They don't understand the sentiments behind it. They know the history about it, mm -hmm. but they think it's okay. And I'm just like, I told you 5 million times when, why it's not okay. And I'm yeah. not going to keep doing this. And yeah. I don't, because I see you having like enjoying when I'm being I'm getting disturbed about this. Yeah. You know, and well, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. That's it. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. No, I, I completely agree. I feel that um, it kind of gets gets back to what we were saying about kind of understanding that you don't necessarily have the ability to control your external environment and also kind of yeah. just realizing okay what is the reality here and thinking about how much you want to engage with it because mm -hmm. you you know what you feel and you know 
kind of the ability that you have to kind of communicate with someone to reach someone. And, you know, maybe you just realize that you're not going to be able to reach that someone and kind of just mm -hmm. accept that. I think that for some people, it is very hard because um, you can be very attached to kind of control controlling your external environment and just accepting that you know certain people just never will come around to your viewpoint can be difficult um so i think that you know if if you just realize with that person okay like this we're not going to agree on this it just i i think it's it makes perfect yeah. sense to kind of just let go of that and not engage with that i think um that's just understanding the way the world is and i i think yeah. that that's also part of kind of trusting your intuition so i think i Absolutely. think that that is it just makes sense sometimes being yeah. very that's where the intuition plays you know like yeah just to understand that limit of like how far could you possibly go with this person you know mm -hmm. uh, yeah totally i agree and it's, it's necessary it's very the more you grow up the more you see the more you need to follow your intuitions i believe yeah yeah absolutely no, I, i have to say i loved hearing all your your stories about kind of um, trusting your intuition, being open to kind of the unexpected and letting go of expectations, things not going the mm -hmm. way you wanted, but kind of adapting to it. We've really gone on kind of a an adventure of our own. It felt like we were going on a, a travel today on, <laughs> yeah, our, on yeah. our own through space and time. Um, well, Piali, I wanted to really thank you for kind of sharing everything that you shared for for being open and and really ex feel, um, kind of expressing what you truly feel um it really meant a lot to me i'm sure it meant a lot to the audience um mm. i've been asking a lot of the questions so far and i wanted to kind of open things up and and see is there anything that that you want to share any wisdom well you've already imparted a lot of wisdom but anything else that you want to impart um the floor is yours Oh, I mean, no, really, I don't, I stopped giving advices to people because I just think it's very <laughs> unnecessary without understanding, you know, without seeing the other side of the person, like, you know, how, what they're going through. I, I would just, I just say, I just say to people, just, um, just have good intentions in your heart. Like, even if you're upset, don't think about killing them. It's fine to just walk out instead of just thinking of taking revenge or like somehow hurt someone or something like that. Um, uh, just, just enjoy the simplicity of life, you know, whatever is given to you, appreciate it because uh, nothing is constant, you're probably going to lose something. So uh, you, sometimes we do regret when uh, we realize we haven't appreciated the thing we had in our life and then now when it's gone, it, we realize how, like, how much it meant to us. Um, just have a good heart, big heart, not necessarily big heart, but at least good heart and go on with the life, uh, how it comes, uh, try to, you know, tr try to understand what's going on around you. Uh, don't force stuff on people, uh, let them live and you live too. <laughs> That's all. I don't have much. That's beautiful. No, that was, that was a, a lot. I, I love that. Um, I think those are all really important things to share just in general and especially now. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much, Piali, for being here, for yeah. being present, for really, um, for really coming with an open heart and um, 
I, ha- yes. I had a wonderful time chatting with you. Thank you. Oh, same here. It's always a pleasure speaking to you. I love talking to you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Likewise, Fiali. We'll have to, we'll have to do yeah. it again sometime. <laughs> sure. Well, I hope Let's that do we're it able sometime to kind soon. Of... Yes. Oh, I love that. And I hope that sometime in the not too distant future, things calm down and we're able to reunite and, tr- and travel together again. You know, I already started thinking, so Misha, you will know soon. <laughs> like the pandemic is soon. over. Pandemic is, as soon as the pandemic is over, I'll shoot you a text. I'm like, yo, Misha, everything is over now. We can head out. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's make it happen. Well, yeah, talk, we talk soon, Piali, and, and take care. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. We just spoke with Piali Chowdhury. She shared a lot of very beautiful and meaningful things um, about her her journey through life and her process to awaken her dreams. And the main one that I want to highlight right now is how we actually create our own limits for ourselves, both in terms of what we think is possible for our own life and how we feel that we view the world and how we think that we're able to connect with others in the world around us. So we really make our world small and Piali shared how through her experiences with travel, she was able to expand her notion of what's possible and kind of dissolve a lot of these limits. One of the ones that she talked about is kind of planning. How in the past she always had very planned travel experiences, but on this new trip to Colorado, she found that kind of the the plans that she had kind of just fell apart right from the beginning. And in that moment, she was forced to adapt and also learn to be kind of spontaneous. And through that, she was able to have a lot of new, beautiful and exciting experiences along the way. Um, and she found that it was really um, a much more exciting uh, trip than it would have been otherwise. She found that in, instead of also, instead of doing things all the time, she was able to find moments of, of presence in which she felt more alive. She also talked about luxury as a sort of limit. So she, she talks about wanting kind of to have a comfortable life, but in terms of her experience traveling, she realized that actually this attachment to luxury can actually hold her back in some ways. So she had this idea that she couldn't deal with the cold or that she needed a certain type of kitchen when she was traveling. But when she was in Colorado, she was stuck in a camper and she encountered she would, didn't have the kitchen that she wanted and it was a little cold. But what she also discovered is that she's much more adaptable and capable and she ended up being okay. Um, So really by letting go of these ideas of luxury that we're attached to or really letting go of the attachment, we're able to enjoy life more and also realize how capable and adaptable we truly are. And finally, she talked not only about kind of expanding her notion of what's possible for herself, but also expanding the idea of the types of people that we can connect with. She talked about having an encounter with a man who looked very different than herself, um, and also how he he might have seemed um, on the surface to probably have very different views about the world. But when you're traveling, you can't really just um, get out of certain situations. So, um, you're kind of forced to be present with someone in a way that you might not be when you're not traveling. 
So she, through that kind of experience when she was traveling, she realized by being very present with um, with that person that, you know, maybe we don't share all the same views, but we do have some common ground and I am able to connect with you in another way. So through traveling, she kind of realized that actually I am more capable of connecting than I thought I was. So really, we do create our own limits and Piali has shared with us how through travel, you can kind of start to expand your sense of what's possible and let go of some of the limits that you've had that may have been created by society, by your parents, by yourself, and come into more deeply who you truly are. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Piali's experiences. I really had a wonderful time chatting with her. I'm going to put all of her information in the description, so both for her website and her Instagram. She has some beautiful pictures of traveling um, that I definitely recommend you check out. Um, So I hope you had a wonderful time today, and we'll be back in another two weeks with another episode of Dream Awakening. Take good care. Bye.